SEN America, this is the SEN MLB Podcast. Hi everybody and welcome to the show. Of course, big time of the year, playoff action is underway. We started during the middle of the week with a couple of wild card games. But before we get to all this playoff action, of course, joining me as usual, JC, Justin Charles. Welcome, mate. Good morning, Fritter. How are you? Fantastic. And also former San Diego Padre and Detroit Tiger, Russell Spear. Gentlemen, good morning. How are you? Wonderful, thank you. Terrific. The playoffs are here, boys. This is the most exciting part of the season, the pointy end we are getting to. We're going to backtrack before we get to today's action. Uh, the wild card games that were on during the week, of course, the Astros defeated the Yankees in the first game of that wild card series, and then the Cubs came up the next day. The Astros Yankees was three nothing to the Astros. Dallas Keuchel threw an absolute beauty. Uh, the game the next day was Cubs defeated the Pirates four nothing, and in that one, Jake Arrieta threw an absolute blinder. So so far, those two games. Nothing but dominant pitching, terrific performance. How did you see those games, JC? First of all, let's be clear, they're not part of the playoffs. You're jumping my questions, mate. Just, I was, it was going to be a question that I was posing first. Okay, Russ, bring you in on this one. Do you see the wild card? And let me just premise this by saying Major League Baseball has determined that it's part of the playoffs. Do you guys see that those wild card games should be considered part of playoff action? I, I don't, but I, I understand it from both sides, but I, I don't. I think they've won the right to play... In the uh, in the playoffs, are we going to be wordsmiths today? We're going to play with some words, are we? <laughs> I just think that uh, it it no, it's not playoff baseball. I think everyone uh, you challenge throughout the year, and there's those standout teams who deserve to play in the playoffs, and yeah. and there's those teams that are that are battling to get a to get a job in there, and it's tough. I I, I don't. Personally, it's sort of a it's a it's a game within the season. So you're within the seasons. If that See, makes personally, sense. I think it's absolutely part of the playoffs. It starts the whole thing. They 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 change sort of the setup to allow other teams. Let's be honest about it. it. Was it was probably a financial decision at the end of the day to expand playoffs, mm. more TV games, mm. more more money, more people Partly. at games. I mean, it's only two games we're talking about, but I think in a in a a competition like Major League Baseball, you, you're trying to look at every avenue to try and expand things to make it bigger and brighter. I absolutely think that those two, it's down to it. One game and you go to the to the real playoffs, and if you lose, you're out. So I, I, I sort of think it should be part of the real playoffs. See, well, for me, that's... Uh, and look, of course there's going to be the associated revenue raising that... that uh, that actually comes off that, but yeah, I think sure. I think it actually embellishes the game. I think it keeps teams interested and it keeps the interest in it because we you, you get into the game 140 to 162, and there's teams without the wild card. If you don't have the wild card in it, their season's over. No fans are coming. Yeah, yeah. you know, and, and and we saw that we saw that uh, coming in. You know, they'd have 700 people uh, to a major league game. It's, it's a glorified practice game almost, uh, with teams going nowhere. Just, so just on that, the eliminated teams. Yeah, yeah, just, with, yeah. Just on that, the 162 game season, it went to game 162. Right before we knew who was going to be a part of right. this playoff action. Right. So. I think it's embellished. It's not just revenue raising. I think it embellishes it for the fans. It makes it interesting for everybody. 
But when you talk about a one-game playoff, like that's a toss of the coin. Yeah. It, depending on who, you know, if if you don't have if you don't have your ace on rest, ready to if it's not his go, and you've got your third or fourth starter, that can be it. Doesn't matter how good your batting is or your batting lineup is, you know. So it's a toss of the coin. So I'd like to see, and it's going to go twelve months of the year if we did. Yeah. But the wild card. If it is part of the playoffs, let's see it as a series or a three games here. But win two out of three. Yeah, but know? but what do you do with those teams? Again, we're all creatures of habit, baseballers. Right. What do you do with those teams that are already in the playoffs and what they they sit around and watch for three or four? It doesn't work. Well, you're just leading me towards. And how does that does that lead you to the bottle? And what effect? <laughs> what effect has CC Sabathia pulling out on the cusp of the playoffs? That's massive. Going to uh, alcohol. Rehab, as it was uh, reported, your ace. You mentioned the ace of your team. The ace of the Yankees puts himself into rehab right on the cusp of the playoffs. Is Tanaka or Sabathia the ace? Regardless. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Regardless, yeah. The the shape of Sabathia, he might have dropped down the list a little bit. He's put himself out of shape, This really out of shape this year. He's been somewhat... He looked like me in the past. Now he looks worse. But I'm just wondering what sort of effect... I mean, there's similar things, just as an AFL analogy, Buddy Franklin exactly pulling, the same. pulling out on the, exactly the same. on the cusp of the finals. I'm just wondering, as a team, when you're going into that, when and I'm doing air quotes, the ace of your, your club just pulls out right on the cusp. I'm going to sound really insensitive, and I'll no. probably cop a bit for this, but I think it's really selfish. Uh, you know, if, if, if you're battling... Alcoholism, whether it be for you know years prior, um, whether it be the, the the months prior, it's not a secret. It hasn't hit you in the face, you know, the morning of, and you you know the playoffs are about to start, and you think, well, I, I probably should come out now because it's great timing. It's not great timing. It's terrible, uh, and I I think it's a real me me sort of moment. And Absolutely. I, and I I'm yeah I'm not down with it. I, and, and, and I'm, I'm with you. First, I'm right? with you. I'm with you. I, I, and I don't think it's insensitive at all. I, I think one day is not going to kill you. Well, it's not. Well, he, not. he didn't decide the day before that he he was a big drinker. That's right. This has been playing on his mind for a That's short right. time. I think his performances this year might might be justified now because people were questioning oh. where's Sabathia at. Where, you know, where is he at? Well, he's obviously had some issues off field that have sort of led to this. Look, this is the thing. You know, they're highly paid athletes. How the Yankees have let him get into that kind of shape is beyond me. Uh, we look on the other side of the coin. We've got Bartolo Colon, mm. who's probably in, in similar sort of shape, yeah. um, but performing and and plays with the joy uh, and, and fun of the game and, and actually is quite effective at the level. Um, and, and it doesn't seem to affect him. But at some stage, your body's going to fail you. Yeah. Uh, and I think you've got a duty of care, not only to yourself, but to your team. You're on a big contract to keep yourself in, in some sort of shape. And it's a disgrace, the shape that he's in. You know, it's a disgrace. Yeah, for John mate, Deeble wouldn't let him play for Australia. Mate, oh, I don't know. <laughs> no, yeah. maybe, no, but I, I got a game for the Monarchs, no problem. <laughs> um, but I'm thinking of the domino effect as in all of a sudden, and let's just pretend for argument's sake that he was the ace of the club. All of a sudden he walks out and goes and does what he does. That makes you your number twos now. Oh, everybody's got to jump up a level. And yeah. I, I'm just thinking the psychological effect it may have had through the club. Uh, if Sabathia's not there, he might have been able to be used 
because uh, it's for all the marbles, isn't it? That's so right. so you 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 got to dump all your all your best pitching. I mean, he could have come in for a relief appearance and impacted in that game. Who knows? I, I, so. For me, I, you know, obviously, um, no matter how much money you're making, no matter um, no matter all the peripheral stuff that goes on with being a big time athlete in any any game, um, team first. You know, Justin, you're you're a massive Correct. advocate of Absolutely. it's all about the team. There's no me me stuff in here. Off the field, do what you like, be whoever you like. But once you get on that field and you put the pinstripes on in there. <laughs> In, in, in their case, it's it's all about the team and there's no me-me about it. And uh, one guy that is team-team is A-Rod. He's, uh, he's there all <laughs> Team A-Rod. <laughs> as long as you're on Team A-Rod, there's no problem. Goes 0 for 19 in the playoffs. Really seemed to cop a lot of flack for... Because, these you know, we always want these guys to perform. They're, they're there to perform on the big stage at the big time come playoffs. Going 0 for 19 was a rough little stretch. The offense just wasn't there, and Dallas Kirkle really threw a blinder in that uh, wild card game. Dallas Keuchel did throw, and arguably the uh, well number one contender for the American League, Cy Young, has had an extraordinary season. I, this is a non-issue. I mean, good pitching is always going to be good hitting every yeah. single time. Yeah. And uh, A-Rod, I mean, he's a class act. Keuchel He's just not the only one. The, the whole offense wasn't right, there. Right, right. And I think it's unfair to, to, you know, to highlight a statistic like that because he's performed. I mean, how Sorry. many World Series has <laughs> he's played no, in? I, he's played one World Series. How many, we've got how many World Series rings? MVPs, 20-year career. He's yeah. smashing every home run and, and offensive record there is. Approaching 700 home runs, yeah. <laughs> you know, come on. Uh, he's one of the greats. It's a non-issue. I've... Uh, I've I was just using it as a bit of a joke, Charles. You're really <laughs> taking the wind out of me balloon there, mate. But no, his his career has been phenomenal. He really has been uh, terrific. But let's move on from that. I'll blow me balloon up in a in the break. Can um, we talk about Jake Arrieta? <laughs> yes, Cubs. Cubs take a win away from the Pirates. And just on this little side note, before we get there, is no home team has won a playoff game yet. All away teams have won the games, but uh, the Cubs. V Pirates four nothing. Jake Arrieta in that particular game was phenomenal. All right, now are we talking? Uh, now let's talk about uh, uh, some of the Pirates hitters that he just shut down. Now Arrieta threw an absolute gem. He was on point. Mm. He he was he was locating everything, and we'll get to the hit pitch balls in a moment. But we'll get to that. Uh, yes. <laughs> but he was on point, and he just shut that offense down. And we're talking about a, an offense that won nearly a hundred games. Uh, they were outstanding throughout the season. But if you come up against good good pitching, just like Keuchel, Keuchel with the Yankees against the Yankees, if the pitcher doesn't give anything to hit, how how are you supposed to hit it? You know, so absolutely, absolutely. and Arietta was absolutely lights out. Phenomenal. He was, he was Russ, out. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw this at you, the pitcher in this uh motley crew we've got right here. He goes out and, and he's on fire. You can see he's he's got his stuff, all his pitches are working beautifully. Location. He drills a couple of pirates hitters. Yeah. Then when he comes around to hit himself, he gets hit. Benches clear. Yeah. Was was Jake Arietta sending a message in the early part of that game, and it, yes, it got a little out of hand. It was only a bench clear. One guy got ejected for a little jumper punch, but was Arietta sending a message in the early part of that game that he's not 
he's he's in. He's it's fair income now. This is it. Yeah, well, I think it's a it's a it's a control factor. You know, as a as a pitcher, like you were saying, JC, that um, when you're on point, nothing's going to beat you, and and you've got to make a mistake for them to win. And if you're locked in well enough, then uh, you can throw the ball wherever the hell you like. You know, yeah. whether it be at somebody or um, hitting up a spot in the strike zone, whatnot. Um, it's control, and and I think he was showing his dominance, and he was showing that yeah. you know I'm bigger and I'm better than but the rest of you. One of them hit pitch balls was on a breaking yeah. ball, so I think that yeah. one you know you, you don't hit people with breaking balls at it, that sort of level. That, that one was, slipped. It's a complete that slip, slipped. Slippity do. Yeah. That yeah. one slipped for but sure. Psychological, and and I'm going to the next step here is he gets hit pitch ball, yeah. benches clear, and so there's a kerfuffle. They dance around for five or ten minutes. First pitch. I love this. He goes and steals second yeah. base. If there was ever sending a psychological message to the Pirates, yep. we're going to beat you in your house, that was it for mine. And, and and not just to the Pirates, to his own clubhouse. Like, this is it, boys. This is where it's all, we lay it all right here. And uh, to get up and steal a base, I, I absolutely love it. Because it just shows that, you know, uh, this is my game and get out of my way. And I love it. They reckon he's a real bull. And he, I mean, to, for him to even steal a base is you wouldn't see CC Sabathia even considering <laughs> stealing. No, they, they they actually use him as the roller. <laughs> He's got the tarp, but yeah. Um, but to, for him to go out and steal, but he must be some sort of athlete as well. But to me, the psychological message that he sent in that game was something really good. Yeah, I know. Like I like it probably more from a glass half full on my, on my own team. You know, if I'm if I am a base stealer in 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 that clubhouse. Um, um, I'm thinking, well, if he can do it, I'd really probably need to step it up here a little bit. And it just yeah. changes the energy, I think. And that's what it's all about. We know we talk about playing for your team and your team's everything. Um, energy and culture is, is so crucial in those environments. And uh, to be able to get up and show a little bit with the ball, obviously, and, and, and hurt a few blokes. And on and I'd like to say on purpose because I like that approach. Yeah, absolutely. Um, to cop one back and, and, uh, and deal with that and then go and steal second base again, that's just uh, that's cool. Yeah, phenomenal performance. Yes, Jason. I, I love I love this whole issue. This this whole thing that happened was fantastic. It, it was uh, John Lester actually posted on his Twitter the ball that hit Arietta has now got a bruise and will be out for the rest of the season. <laughs> yes. Won't be back till spring training. But uh, what I loved about it and and just just to be fair to the Pirates, they weren't holding him on. <laughs> yeah. So he so he took off, but good on him. Yeah. But that how the whole thing unfolded, I loved it. The first pitch. He threw at Cervelli. He he threw at him. Mm. He was getting him off the dish. Mm. He threw under his chin because he was leaning. Mm. Now, if he hadn't have been leaning, he wouldn't have got hit. The only reason why Cervelli got hit is because it was a pinpoint under the chin, get off my plate. Love it. Yes. Clipped his little finger. No problem. Yes. That was I- intent. Yes. Absolute intent. Get off my dish. The second one, cold night, clearly breaking by. It slipped. It slipped. Okay. Then... When Arietta's turn comes up, drilled him straight in the hip. Fantastic. Yeah. I, I, I love it. You're going to hit a couple of our guys? Don't hit our guys. Yeah. Beautiful. Arietta popped off. Bench is clear. Jumper punch. One gets thrown out. No problem. But the, I thought the umpires handled it beautifully. Absolutely perfect. Yeah. So no, no warnings issued until they retaliated. Uh, it was fantastic. Issue solved. Uh, Arietta steals a base. Mm. Cubs all over your stuff. Yeah, you know, all it was, over. It was just a wonderful 
it was big league baseball. Yeah. I, I just loved how it all unfolded and everything was just perfect in, and, in my And, mind. of course, it was a uh, first time in MLB history. Arietta throws double digits in strikeouts, no walks in a postseason game. Really a phenomenal... It was dominant. P- ...pitching performance was really terrific. And, and just following on from uh, your sort of lead a moment ago there, Spearsy, was when... when a pitcher goes out and st- your ace of your mm. club goes out, steals a base. What sort of effect would that have on the actual, the rest of your squad, your dugout? Well, I, again, I, like I said, I, I think it's huge. I think it it shows that, um, one, you're a pitcher, you're meant to go out and pitch. You're not meant to rake. You're not meant to steal bases. You know, that your job is to get out there and get guys out with the bat, you know, and, and to be able to go out there and, and take on a uh, an offensive you know, component of the game and still a base. I think that's um, that's really really cool. But again, I think I love it so much because it it strips back all the professionalism. You know, it strips back major league baseball. You could take that environment and put it in club ball, and 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 you'd be excited about it if it was you know club ball or or, or at any level. So yeah. it, it took away the the perfection of of major league baseball and what you think those guys are capable of because it just got raw and it got real and it got real real quick and it's uh and again the energy went through the roof and i think that's really awesome yeah we're going to move on to uh the next round of playoff action just before we leave there was that uh where's my note right there chris bryant just adding on to the cubs has the number one selling jersey in mlb baseball so we're moving on to the next round of uh playoffs (laughs) anyway yeah yeah. i've got these all sort of wacky side notes that uh clubby keeps feeding me so got to throw them in there beautiful stuff but uh we move on to the next round and of course texas traveled to toronto uh game one yesterday david price the mm. ace of the club. I'll just go through the results to this stage. Game one, Texas win 5-3. to three. The travelling team beating the home team. Game two, Texas win 6-4. to four. The travelling team beats the home team again. Um, but that game, the Toronto Blue Jays go out and actively chased David Price to come in and be the ace. His second half of the season was phenomenal, went 8-1. and one. Then I think he sat down and had a rest on his last start, preparing 11 him for days. this, yeah, 11 preparing days him for this last, start yeah. in the postseason. Just didn't work for David Price. I'm unaware of this. You blokes might be able to fill me in. Did he, he miss a start for any reason or just for a breather? The, well, the, the reports that came out was just to freshen him, him up, freshen him up and, and set it up for this playoff. So as a pitcher... Obviously, it didn't work in this case. Does it ever work where you sit a guy? Usually, pitchers, of course, get four or five days right, rest. Right. In this time, as you said, JC, 11 days rest. Just didn't seem to work for him. Yeah, it's a long time, especially when um, in the professional environment, you've got a ball in your hand all the time, every day for, you know, for it can be hours, you know, that you're throwing a baseball and you get a feel for it. 11, 11 days is a long time not to compete. Yeah, you know, right. When you're used to competing, you know, your, yeah. your routines are, you know, you, you throw a game, you might have a day off and then a bullpen and a day off or two days off and then game again. So your routine is exactly that, you know, and you, and you rely on it and yeah. you get so used to it that it's um, um, you put a shift in there and it, and it can really throw you out. I, whether he needed the break after going eight and one and, and was lights out, um Kind of strange, but uh, who knows? We weren't there. You know. Got a question for you, Russ. It wouldn't have been like he's not throwing, okay? And he would have thrown a sim game yeah. on his on his day to start. But the difference, tell us the difference between energetically and and the the impact of throwing a pen as opposed to a game. Yeah, look, it it all comes down to intensity 
um, really getting your work in and genuine work. You can throw bullpens all day and you can you can get locked into your bullpen, but it's just you just can't simulate a game, a, a real game. You can you yeah. can throw live BP. Um, you do a heap of that in spring training, and that's all great. You get your work in, but it, you just can't simulate a guy getting a bat in his hand and wanting to absolutely towel up whatever you deliver. That's right. That's right. Uh, and having that competitive bench where things get a little bit sharper and you and you're really locked into what's happening. You can't simulate that anywhere. So you you got to be out there. Yeah. And you've got to compete. Because well, also, the, oh, sorry. I was, I was just going to say that he did throw a sim game. It was um, batting practice to Troy Tulowitzki, who had, was out for three weeks with that innocuous little bump that cracked his shoulder blade. But he was out for three weeks. The first live hitting that he did was against David Price, who was throwing a sim um, simulated pitching in that break period. So to have Tulowitzki come back, back into the lineup as well, and as. Uh, was also reported Beltray went down hurt, Donaldson went down hurt, and Batista went down hurt in that in that first game. Real little shift in in dynamics in the Toronto, and and shows they've had two losses so far. So this begs the question: David Price loses game one. It's going to be with travel and a rest day. His fifth day is going to come up uh, probably the next game, game four. Should it go that far? Does David Price get the start given he hasn't won a postseason game? Pitcher's got to answer yeah. this first. <laughs> uh, for me, yes. I mean, that you know, you got him over there for a reason. Um, you're paying the big bucks for a reason, and he is where he is for a reason. He he is has been dominant for for years now. It's not like he's only just sort of finding himself. He's yeah. been around a long time, and yeah. he's been uh, a quality guy for a long time. And I think you know that he is. You know, this next game that he potentially will pitch is the reason why that they got him over. Uh, we're going to move on to the other series that's underway. Today is an absolute beauty for baseball. Four games back-to-back on today. But the other game that was uh, played yesterday, Houston Astros versus Kansas Royals. City Royals. You would have been wrapped with this one, JC, with uh, Houston coming away 5-1. Uh, to five, five to Sorry, uh, winners in that game. Correct. I don't particularly like the Royals. <laughs> and it, was, it was a good result. Don't hide from it. I think it's a beautiful thing, mate. <laughs> I, I think uh, I think they're trying to uh, the reason and we've I've explained this all the time I don't like the sure. the, the way that they play I, I think their pitchers um, throw at hitters to hit them and hurt them yep and uh, and I, I don't agree with that philosophy I don't particularly like like Ned Yost or, or the way that he manages yep um, but what I did like is how the Astros went about it they they were fantastic they uh, you know they just came out. Um, Took the crowd out of the uh, out of the equation early uh, and played hard baseball, put runs on the board, and um, you know pitched well and uh, got the result. Yes, yeah, uh, terrific. As I say, we're right in the middle of just the beginning of playoff action. These first round of games are best of five. Then they go to the uh, league championship series NL and AL, which are best of seven. And then the two winners from there, of course, will travel on to the World Series. So sometime around February 2018, this might be over. Things are really <laughs> dragged on sometimes. Um, no, it's, it's all over in a month's time. So, you know, stick with it. Playoff baseball is here and alive and kicking. And if you're in front of the TV right now, there's there's games on today and, and through a good part of uh, this afternoon as well. But we're going to go to a short break right now. We'll be right back with Scott Nealis, who's on the ground in Toronto. You're listening to SEN. MLB podcast. Celex Recoding Service specialise in electrostatic painting. 
where our fully trained staff and state-of-the-art equipment enables projects of any size to be coded either on-site or in our well-equipped Bayside facility. Celex Recoding Service offers a professional powder coating service and has a wide range of colours available and items can be colour matched to ensure integration with your existing decor. Celex Recoding Service offers a professional powder coating service and has a wide range of colours available and items can be colour matched to ensure integration with your existing decor. Celex Recoding Service also offers anti-graffiti coating, sandblasting and metal fabrication of refrigerator components and parts. For more information, go to info at selexrecodingservice.com.au or call 9788-4000. And Scott Nealis, welcome to SEN's MLB podcast. Mate, we've got you on the ground in Toronto at the games over there. Uh, Just go back to game one yesterday. It was a tough one. David Price, you got David Price to come into the club and for the, for just occasions like this, the playoffs, he went eight and one in the regular season, but just couldn't get it done. Now zero and six in postseason. What seemed to be the problem there, game one? Well, you know, speculation is easy. Hindsight's a beautiful thing. But uh, after winning and clinching early, he did actually miss a spot or a start. And you know what it's like. Uh, ball players are creatures of habit. When you're doing things the same way for 162 days, all of a sudden you get out of your routine. And it's just a little thing where maybe you're not as sharp as you'd like to be. And it showed up uh, in game one where David Price pitched well, uh, but struggled and quite honestly struggled with the bottom of the order and uh, eventually came back to bite him. That's absolutely what can happen. And, and uh, in a short series, every game is vital, isn't it? I mean, during the, during the regular season, you've always got tomorrow, but now there's no tomorrows. Uh, or the tomorrows are very limited. But um, did see... Uh, MVP candidate Josh Donaldson get hit in the head um, taking out a, a, a double play. Now, he actually did uh, stop the double play from happening, but he did cop a quite a, a, a strong hit in the head by uh, Rudnett O'Dor. What impact did that have on him for the rest of the game? Well, it's, it's just been one of those funny games and funny series so far that uh, baseball, is, as with every sport, little things got to go your way. And right now, little things like you break up a double play, and you'll do that probably 25 times a year and come up on the <laughs> At least. Just, uh, he goes in and bang, he takes a good blow to the head and, and actually stayed down for a second, got up and walked off, played another inning or two, but when it was his turn to come to bat the next time around, uh, he was noticeably absent in the on-deck circle. So uh, he took a good shot. And Nowadays, professional sports over here have a lot of concussion protocol where it may have been something from MLB, it may have been something for the trainers where he just wasn't right and uh, they saw fit to take him out of the game. Uh, Scott, just on the back of that also with Donaldson, uh, also in the uh, same game, Beltre and Batista also went down injured and came out of the starting lineup. Do you think that really unbalanced the lineup? I don't know. These are two very good ball teams, and Bautista went out in the ninth inning, so he took his last at-bat, and really he just didn't go in and field in the ninth inning, so that wasn't noticeable. Taking a guy like Beltrace, who actually got a base hit as he was going through all his pain, so he, he went down a soldier there. Uh, you're going to see that impact halfway through the game, so losing Beltre in the middle of the game as, as opposed to losing uh, Bautista in the ninth inning is a bigger blow, and of course, both guys from the Blue Jays ended up back in the lineup today where Beltre is still out of the lineup. Right. Moving on now to uh, the game that you 
at right now at the Rogers Centre. Unfortunately, um, Rangers took this one as well, 6-4. to four. So far, we haven't seen the home team win a playoff game. Of course, the two wild card games were opposition came in and took the win. Well, how did you see, uh, you, what was your analysis of today's game? Well, again, this is one of those games where little things, if you want to go and win a championship, you guys have experienced it in a, multi, uh, in a number of ways that little things got to go your way. You got to get your breaks. And Stroman came up the mound. Uh, here's a kid who missed the entire season with a torn ACL. He came back just in time to throw a few games in September and had this crowd pretty pumped up. Uh, it was one of those games you never want to blame the umpires, but early on in the game, it was a uh, let's just call it an interesting strike zone. That they really screwed wasn't. you, mate. They screwed you. <laughs> I'm going to be politically correct, but I, I, it'll be interesting to see the papers tomorrow because uh, early in the game, you weren't getting calls, and they jumped on us early, got a 2 nothing lead, but uh, we caught our way back, and it was 4-3, I believe, in the seventh inning. We gave up a tying run. From there, it was the bullpens took over. We went all the way to the 14th inning, and there was a controversial play where they went to replay where we tagged the guy out, and he was called safe. They went to replay. They blew it up. You could clearly see his foot was off the base, and he was tagged. But in this world of replay, everything's inconclusive. So they call them safe, and the next guy gets a base hit. They score a couple runs, and we just can't come back in the 14th inning. And it was just one of those, yeah, you can blame the umps, and yes, it was a, it was a terrible strike zone for both teams. I've never been to a game where I've seen so many catchers and so many hitters turn on a home plate umpire. Uh, but at the end of the day, Toronto Blue Jays had seven innings to score a run to win a ball game that they just couldn't do it. And we're talking about the, the best offense in the American League in, in the Blue Jays and there's some massive bats in in that lineup. Um, so we haven't uh, caught the game here yet, Scotty. Um, and, and with yep. that replay, so just explain to, to the listeners that a, a call can be rule overturned with the replay, but it has to be proven with the with beyond a shadow of doubt, isn't that right? There has to be no doubt. Exactly. So if it's if, if it's a little bit, if, if the umpires make a call one way, it has to be in their mind. And they go to New York and they have all these cameras, and it has to be one hundred percent. The funny thing about that is, you know what it's like when you're when you're looking at pictures and evidence of a, a one-eyed supporter. It's very hard to see anything <laughs> uh, than the way you want to see it. And I, I think with this particular picture and the one that's blowing up is. It's a, it's a clear picture of the foot off the base and the glove on the guy, and you're, you're wondering, well, how is that not inconclusive? But uh, right. it is what it is. Uh, you know what? We're down 0-2, and uh, luckily we say it's a five-game series, and we just got to go on the road and hope that trend continues where the road teams keep winning. Scotty, with uh, what Frida mentioned earlier about no home team uh, winning a winning a game just yet, is is there such a thing as a uh, home field advantage anymore with with baseball? You guys are on the road so much, you, you travel. I'm I'm sure uh, you know the mounds are are all very very similar, and and uh, nothing seems to change much. Is is there such a thing as a home field advantage anymore? Well, you know, you'd like to think there is, and I think for selling tickets and selling merchandise, you'd like to say there is. <laughs> yeah, uh, yes. But I think, uh, I think otherwise, they're they're proving that everything has to get done on the field, and uh, it's no different than when you look at the grand final there last week, where you're playing on sort of a neutral ground. So uh, it, it's one of those things that uh, if the team is good enough, they're going to beat you. And uh, the home field advantage, you know, you stick with the team, and we always say on the road, just stick with them and take your breaks and opportunities, and if you get them. 
you know what, you might sneak out there with a win. Well, the Texas team did a great job of sneaking out with two wins. Yeah, that's a really good topic uh, that uh, Russell's brought up here because do you think, because of the atmosphere that's created at the Rogers Centre, I mean, they're great fans, we, we know that, and they create such an electric atmosphere. Uh, do you think, did, and can you explain to us, because in that first game, the Blue Jays weren't really in front. They were playing catch-up baseball, so they really removed the, the crowd factor out of it. I think, would, would it be fair to say that there is, a, there is an advantage if you've got a passionate, noisy crowd when you're in front and when you're leading and, and, and the players can draw off that energy if you're front running or coming back and then you overcome them. But... Uh, in, in this uh, series so far, it seems like they've been behind and it, they've take, the Texas have uh, done well in taking the crowd out of it. Well, I think you hit the nail on the head yesterday especially. Every time we'd come back with a run, and even if we just narrowed the gap from two to one to three to two, we got to go out there and hang up a zero, and bang, they'd come back with a run. So they kept answering. So they were going, uh, as a couple of fighters, heavyweights are going toe-to-toe, and every time we thought we got the edge on them, they'd come back and, and hit us with an uppercut. So they did keep the edge and kept the fans sort of just at bay for the most part of the game. And then getting the jump in the first inning with a couple runs in game two was exactly that. It was like, oh, no, here we go again. Uh, I, I think we're uh, – it, it's funny because you can go all over the world and see a lot of fans, and, and uh, the Blue Jay fans are great fans. They're loud. They're boisterous. Uh, but, uh, Charles, I think you hit the nail on the head where these fans were almost – they were more nervous than anybody. Yeah. They were the players nervous. These fans were nervous, and it was almost like they were expecting the worst right. yep. rather than really trying to get loud and, and cold for their team. So, uh, I think know, that impacts. I, I make no mistake. So I think that impacts, Scotty. I, I definitely think that impacts. As you know, it, it certainly does have a player factor in that. But we're looking at two of the best uh, offensive teams um, in the American League here. It's it's going to still. I mean, it isn't over yet. Geez, we. I don't. I can't speak for everyone in the in the studio here, but I really hope that the Blue Jays can uh, at least tie the series so we go to a game, uh, you know, game five, um, at least. And uh, you know, the the Rangers since that trade period have been absolutely impeccable, haven't they? I mean, we're we're looking at two really hot teams here. Well, I think the, the big thing with Texas is uh, they're in the Southwest USA, and uh, you often hear that when we're out east. You don't hear a lot of coverage of the southwestern teams and the West Coast teams because right. they play up, they stay up later, they play later. Uh, nobody hears a lot about them, and I think a lot of what Texas uh, has done has gone unnoticed. And people see their lineup yeah. come in, and uh, especially when Beltre went up there, you've got mm. you know you've got some big names, you've got your Fielder and and Hamilton, but all of a sudden there's all these other guys where you really haven't heard a lot about them. But these are the guys that are contributing and coming up with some some clutch hits. So. Uh, they've done a lot of great things. They've got their bullpen intact. They've got some good starters. And it's it's the old adage that you're in the playoffs. Now all these teams are good. You didn't get here by fluke. You played 162 games, and everybody earned their opportunity to be in these playoffs. Uh, Scotty, we've got to ask, of course, Liam Hendricks, the Australian connection there with Toronto. He had his first appearance in postseason baseball today. Came in uh, late, I think it was about the, might have been the 13th or 14th innings he came in. Is he specifically going to be used for just against right-handed hitters? Of course, him being a right-handed pitcher, will he just be used against right-handed hitters? Well, it'll be interesting because today was one of those situations where they only had Hendricks, Hawkins, and the next game starter, R.A. Dickey, in the bullpen. Um, you know, as, as we're all managers, and the beauty of this is we can make all the calls and decisions and 
in these games and never make a mistake from the radio. Uh, Hendricks came in after Latroy Hawkins. Hawkins gave up uh, after the controversial play. He gave up a couple hits and uh, the go-ahead run. And uh, my thought process was I would have rather brought Hendricks in at that point. And uh, I don't know if you call it guess. I'm certainly not going to call it an educated guess. But it was just one of those things I think I thought they got it wrong. I thought I would have gone with Hendricks. He's been a little sharper, a little hotter over the past few weeks. Unfortunately, they went with him uh, with uh, Latroy Hawkins, and, and he gave it up. Hendricks came in. I believe he gave up an infield single where they scored their second run. Nothing you can do about that. He came in, you got the ground ball, so, um, you know, no bad by him, and then got the, the final out. So he, he did what was asked of him. I think the biggest thing that will be interesting did they score is a run on that? one of our hottest relievers in Cecil go down in a rundown. And apparently he's torn his cap, and uh, he'll be up for the remainder of the series. So it goes from bad to worse in the news in Blue Jay land. Does, uh, if you're able to get yourselves back into this series, Scotty, does, does Price come up early? Do you, do, you, do you throw the ball to the, to the big boys and, and see how they go? It, it'll be interesting because uh, with the day off tomorrow and then traveling to Sunday, uh, you could take that as a, a day's rest. Yeah, uh, I believe they're going with Nicky and then Estrada. Uh, it'll be interesting to see because, yes, Price could come back. Uh, Estrada's one of those guys, though, as long as he gets out of that first inning because he's a straight changeup pitcher, uh, he can be fairly effective. Do you come back with Price and then Stroman? Uh, you need to win one ball game. Yeah. Uh, and I think the focus really has to be on that. You've got to go out on Sunday. Um, you win that first one, then you never know. They might uh, tighten up a bit on the other side and see what happens. But uh, I don't know if you can really – spend too much time worrying about game four until you capture game three absolutely scotty well thanks very much for uh joining us here uh great report mate really appreciate it good luck to toronto we we want you back in this series and uh thanks very much thanks for uh home run sports anyway for homerunsports.com for coming on supporting uh scott nealis thanks very much for uh coming always always a pleasure guys yeah terrific mate thanks you see you bye Take care, guys. Celix Recoating Service specialise in electrostatic painting, where our fully trained staff and state-of-the-art equipment enable projects of any size to be coated either on-site or in our well-equipped bayside facility. Celix Recoating Service offers a professional powder coating service and has a wide range of colours available and items can be colour matched to ensure integration with your existing decor. Celix Recoating Service also offers anti-graffiti coating, sandblasting and metal fabrication of refrigerator components and parts. For more information, go to info at sellexrecodingservice.com.au or call 9788-4000. Can you give us just a few basic comments about your feelings on the game? Well, naturally, I feel bad about losing a ball game like that. There's, uh, there's no way you should lose that ball game. And... But uh, just doesn't make sense. What's your opinion of Kingman's performance? What's my opinion of Kingman's performance? What the f*** do you think is my opinion of it? I think it was put that in. I don't opinion of his performance. He beat us with three home runs. What the f*** do you mean, what is my opinion of his performance? How can you ask me a question like that? What is my opinion of his, of, of his performance? He hit three home runs. I'm off to lose the game and you asked me my opinion of his performance I mean that's a tough question to ask me isn't it what is my opinion of his performance yes it is I 
Ask it, and you gave me an answer. Well, I didn't give you a good answer because I'm mad, but I mean... That wasn't a good question. That's a tough question to ask me right now. What is my opinion of his performance? I mean, you want me to tell you what my opinion of his performance is? They just did. That's right. Guy hits three home runs against us. Well, there's an interesting interview you just heard from the great manager of the LA Dodgers, Tommy Lasorda. That actual interview was was done in about 19, mid-1970s or some other, just sort of raising the issue regards to managers, JC, over the, the past few weeks. You, you've talked about how impressed you've been with Joe Madden and his balanced approach to press conferences. That there was just an example of... How upset a manager can get with a dumb question for years ago. And and I'm just sort of referencing, for example, Mick Malthouse gained a little reputation for being a touch prickly at times. Managers, they're so important to actually try and keep your, your club and your team balanced, especially in the midst of season action. Look... First of all, in uh, in defence of Tommy Lasorda, there <laughs> um, we're talking about a different era. I mean, you know, forty years ago, uh, forty five years ago. Yeah, uh, you still can't use that language today, though. You couldn't use it back sure. then. You can't yeah, use it today. I, I agree, and it's an emotional game. We're straight after the game, and they've had a bad loss. Obviously, they were in front, and uh, yeah. Dave Kingman comes and hits three home runs three and, and, and then they, they lose the game. Of course, he's going to be upset. That's why I and thought then, it was a dumb question because he's asking, what, what did you think of the opposition's performance? You look, know, I thought I, it was weird. I can see it from both sides you know, because the media sometimes can be a little bit insensitive and sometimes they're trying to provoke a response mm. as well and they got one. Yeah. So it's a win-win. Um, I, look, I think the best managers and the best coaches are the, are the ones that have uh, are able to... Um, check their emotions and and that's what I love about Joe Madden but he still gets hot too you know like but he's very measured yeah. uh, we saw the other day I mean every time that the the hit pitch ball thing sort of comes into it Joe Madden's pretty strong on on respect he yeah. always talks about respect for his organization for his guys for the opposition yeah um, I, I love the way he approaches that the way he handles those emotional issues mm-hmm. but you can tell when he gets he gets hot as well um, but it's a different era you know, Absolutely. Joe yeah, Madden is probably the, the prototype of the you know he probably what what is probably makes him so effective is that the younger players he can bring the younger players along and, and set a benchmark yeah. that of, of expectation of, of how you play the game you know you see none of his teams none of them flip the bat mm. none of them show up the pitcher yeah. they hustle they play hard um, their pitchers want the ball you know and they play for the team I think he's really good at bringing a team together about blending the 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 veterans with the with the rookies um, and he's all about fun I read an interview the other day that he's all about fun yeah. you know and keeping him loose uh, I, f- personally I like seeing a little bit of emotion come out of uh, managers and stuff and you yeah. know and it's tough obviously an emotional environment you've just played a game have you had have you had a prickly manager in the past you've been through some yeah. managers of course yeah. yeah yeah no doubt but but again I think um, the best managers for, for mind uh, are the ones who can tear you a new one you know behind closed doors make you feel good about it yeah, and and and, and uh, but not give you up to the public or to yeah. the press or anything like that. that. That can you know you know you're in for a spray and you cop your spray because that's part of being an athlete and 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 you know buggering things up at times. And who um, are the glaring ones? Is there ones that you sort of come to mind? Who? Oh, look, I've had a I've had not, a few. Not I've, directly you, but maybe indirectly who you know of. Uh, uh, 
I couldn't say. Look, I'm only I've only ever been a minor league uh, baseballer, so the press the press contingent of all that never really come into it. JC, you're probably better um, to answer this regarding the football career, but um, I've I've certainly caught my sprays, and I've and, and deservedly so because you don't get them for no reason. But I've always uh, admired a, a manager or a coach who can give you a good solid spray behind closed doors and, and never give you up to anyone else. Um, you know, JC, the the um, you've had a, a terrific career as a footballer slash dual sport with baseball as well. Are there times when when you've been interviewed uh, by media and they, and you know the question they may have asked you? Is, I'll, I'll use the word just a dumb question. Sometimes I'm sure that they they come, but how have you actually handled when these sort of tough or silly questions come your way? Look, just uh, I, I agree with Russell just on uh, the best coaches, and I think John Northey was the best coach to be able to, you know, really give you a bake. Yeah. But he'd always do it behind closed doors. Just, but to the to the media, defend you to the hilt. I like that. So, so you've done the issue. Everyone's seen it. The media have seen it. The fans have seen it. The coaches' staff have seen it, and. You go in behind closed doors. No, well, first of all, happens he goes to the press, and then the press asks the question, you know, what about Charles? He did this. Well, who the hell are you? You know, how dare you? You got no right, and you really defend you to the hilt. Then come in behind closed doors and go, Charles, you idiot! You know, I've been out in the press, you know, defending you. You better not let me down again. You know, how dare you do that? You know, yeah. whatever. You know, that yeah. kind of dynamic. And he was, and that's the reason why the players loved him. Personally, the. The I've attacked from from you know the cameras on me yeah uh, everything recording because the the media have antagonised me yeah um, uh, Tim Lane was one was this well I put Tim, this down to would have been inexperienced at the time with press no, were you were you were you not at all. Or? no I, I was I was very I was with media training very. I was very good in the press. Yeah, but you know, I'd say, just you're an emotional bloke, hard yes, on the sleeve kind of guy, I and, I, and I'm yeah. the same way. I, I'd find it hard to check myself, and I'd, yeah. I'm sure you know you've been through yeah. some some ripping situations, life experience situations in front of the media. Yep. Did you ever let it go, or yeah. did you really try and really work hard at keeping it inside? And, and obviously, a lot better now. And sure. what what prickles me now, you know, I was only young back then, you know, 24, 26 years right. of age. But there was some really rude, antagonistic questions. And by and large, I was pretty good. But during the, the steroid thing, you know, Tim Lane asked a really dumb question. It was really ignorant. It was just an ignorant question. And I just went to him and went after him. And the rest of the room were like, you idiot, Tim. You know, mm-hmm. How dare you right. ask that question? And, and, I, and I went at him. Right. Um, Carolyn Wilson was the other one because right. she just got it completely just wrong. Just on that, can you actually remember what the Tim Lane question was? Yeah, do he, you remember? yeah I do, yeah. and I don't want to mention it. But, okay, I, but okay. I will speak about Carolyn Wilson because she got the comp- she got her she claims that she's got all these internal sources from from Richmond you know like yeah, she's she gets, a Richmond woman isn't she yeah family. she is her da- her yeah. father was was a big part of the board and and uh, like she gets leaked information from there all the time and and she just got it completely wrong mm. uh, the issue was that when I got suspended that I was still getting paid and that was completely wrong I was I was financially ruined. When, when, right. when, because uh, they suspended me with, without pay, right? And uh, it was actually not in my contract. They couldn't do that legally. They couldn't do it, and I didn't know at the time. 
um, but it financially ruined me. And she was saying, how do you feel about being paid, you know, through the time that you've been suspended? Yeah. And I just, I just absolutely went after you and said, yeah. You it's, are so off base. It's, it's always going to be a grey area. Uh, we'll, we'll finish off with this note here. We've got more to get to. But to me, it's uh, one of the really important side of things. They need to start having microphones on the questioner. Yes. the quest- You need to hear the question to put in context the reaction of the person who's answering. 100% See? put that into perspective because I think it's really, really important. Because you, you don't quite get the question all the time, but you get the answer. I know this is not a good visual, but I'm going to give you a visual. But what you tend to hear is... And then you'll see a reaction of a response from and the person about to ask it, yeah. and he loses his mind. But you don't know what's been asked. And this is, and you know what? I'm telling you this, boys. You will never hear the question. You are never going to hear the question because why, Justin? Why? Because this is the whole reason they're asking antagonistic questions. And so th- this is what this is media training 101. Yeah. Regardless of the question they ask you, you speak about what you want to speak about. Now Joe Madden the other day did a classic you could actually hear the question, just hear the question, and he completely ignored the question and spoke about what he wanted to talk about. So because that's the whole reason that's, because yeah. you don't hear the question, so you're just hearing Joe Madden talk about what he wants to talk about. Right. And that's then you you must assume that the question is that. Right. So the trick is not to get sucked into these peanuts in the media that ask you these stupid <laughs> yeah. questions because yeah. You don't hear the answer, and you're never going to hear the answer. They're trying to put the needle into you. So media training is you come up with the three issues that you want to talk about, and that's all you talk about. So whatever they ask you, and politicians do it as well, and that's why you're never going to hear the question. I love that. That's brilliant. I think it's um, the really... Media training 101. The really savvy media performers. Thank you. And you'll see... And you do. You see, this is what politicians... I'll ask you, you know, it's a beautiful day out there, Justin... You'll instantly start talking about a car you just bought. Correct. Don't answer their question. <laughs> Correct. You tell people Correct. what you want to tell them, right? And and that's isn't that a, what I just said? Yes, absolutely. I'm just you're just was, talking about what you're doing. I'm just I was just sort of <laughs> sort of wrapping, putting a nice little bow around it. We're moving on because leading on from this is all started with managers. We're talking uh, Joe Madden, of course, and Tommy Lasorda. There we came out of the break with, but uh, the Nationals this week. Uh, Matt Williams, last year named Manager of the Year. I wonder what's going on with the Nationals. The entire coaching staff was sacked the day That's after normal. the day after the season. He sacked the manager. The rest of his crew yeah. generally gets it as well. Yep. Of course, one but, of them, um, one of them with the Australian connection, Randy Nor, who played out here with the early Monarchs. Uh, JC, I think you mentioned that he played down at Williamstown for a time there. Yeah, he was. Well, he when the Monarchs aren't playing. He, he played with us. Yeah, well, that entire coaching staff gone. But I want to just backtrack a little bit on the Nationals. Let's talk about a team that was way ahead into August, maybe mm. to the mid part of August. He's produced... Playing exciting baseball. Yeah, too. And great. playing great baseball. Yeah. And, and he's produced probably the MVP of of the league. And Bryce Harper's had a phenomenal year. Max Scherzer comes out and throws his second no-hitter. Nice. On the last day of the season, I think Nolan Ryan was the only other one to throw two no-hitters in the one season. Phenomenal performance by Max Scherzer. Then there's the punch-up in the dugout between Bryce Harbour and Papelbon, who uh, should never wear a Nationals uniform again. The next day, the entire entire staff, coaching staff, gone. Did the front office look at this and gone, there's too many problems there's something going on behind the scenes that we probably don't know about, but the entire coaching staff gone there are the Nationals. Yep. Uh, look, and we spoke about this about eight weeks ago. Uh, I made mention that 
uh, the the Nationals were on the a bit of a skid, and and after the trade period, um, the Nationals were on the skid, and and the Mets were on the rise, and momentum was sort of with the Mets, and it just didn't seem like things were clicking uh, with the Nationals, and and you quite rightly made mention, Russell, that hey, that can change on any given day, that yeah. could that could change, but to me, observing it day in day out, it just looked like something wasn't right, and I'm gonna. I'm, I'm, I'm going to mention two things. Number one, while the Mets got Cespedes, yeah, and a great clubhouse guy, yeah. and their offense gelled to go with their fantastic starting pitching, started winning. Uh, the Nationals trade for Papelbon. All of a sudden, there's disharmony, and he's been a disruptive element. You know, and and to me, he comes across as not a good clubhouse guy. And, yeah, he doesn't on, seem a good clubhouse guy. And that's and right. and the mix seemed, to, and and we saw that with the Harper incident. Yeah. You know, uh, that escalated how that did. Jason Worth reportedly doesn't have any respect for Matt Williams or lost respect for Matt Williams. So whatever was going on there, um, certainly the 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 synergistic dynamic or the, the team Ooh, feeling sort of stop it. Were they were they did, did, <laughs> disappeared. Were, were they out over their skis? They get ahead of themselves, as we mentioned um, I don't think so. No, they I, had, I, I think they had every single right Manager to, of the year last year. Yeah, and every single right to expect to win the to win the uh, division. Yeah, obviously obviously well balanced the club first half, somewhere along the line, like you said, there's a shift, but those those individual performances, the MVP, um, the the no hitters, they're individual performances. Then you know, I know there's a team dynamic in that, but they are just two blokes that have had really good years. Takes a whole club to win baseball games. Absolutely, boys. We're uh, we've got to wrap it up here, but uh, keep an eye out for playoff action. Uh, we've just got it come in from Clubby, the American League. Kansas City have taken away game two two there against Houston. You so love that that, Charles-y. that series is now <laughs> split at one apiece. KC win that game five to four. The other games, as we mentioned earlier, Texas are up two zip over Toronto Blue Jays, still best of five series, so that's really going down to it. The National League games start tomorrow, uh, Sunday, sorry, the next day. Today, I'm getting it all wrong. Clubby's clipped me over here. It's that tinfoil hat you keep putting on my head, mate. I can't hear properly. But uh, look, uh, it's plenty of playoff action, so stay tuned for for it all, and uh, we'll be back next week with a, a nice wrap of all the division series, and then leading into, of course, the league championship series will be um, after that. So, But uh, thanks for listening to this week's show. Lots to get through, and we didn't get to it all, but try to next week. But thanks for listening. This is SEN's MLB Podcast. Thanks for listening to the SEN MLB Podcast. For more SEN America podcasts, head to sen.com.au. To keep up to date with the latest American sports news and interviews from around SEN, follow SEN America on Twitter at SEN America and on Facebook at facebook.com slash SEN America.